Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hi. 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 So uh, we had an interesting weekend. Last night we thought we were teenagers. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. I was going to say the same thing. You I are. Was, I was going to bring this up, like who do we think we are? We stayed up till 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. And slept till 9. No, I didn't, I didn't really sleep till nine. I was up. But uh, but we just were talking for hours. Yeah. It was really well, fun. Well, that's not true. We watched a couple girly movies first. Girly movies. Which I loved, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, The Notebook. The Notebook, which we did back in the day as a movie challenge for yep, each other. that's right. So it was the second time I got to see it, and I loved it. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. And then we sat outside for like two hours just yeah, it was beautiful talking. Night. We sure did. Isn't that nice? I know. We're so romantic. Damn. Uh, but this episode that we're putting out today, I, I feel like it's very different than any episode we've ever done. And um, I feel like I'm always wanting to understand more about things that, you know, I don't know much about. We've done, th- you know, episodes on uh, polyamory and, I, I and you know, we did the episode about trying to better understand autism and the spectrum and just like all these things that 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 I want to learn more about and and weed cannabis is one of those things that really I feel like I do not know much about I've I tell in the episode I've only done it a few times absolutely nothing against it at all on the other hand I actually do want to try it more um you know just for for the reasons why so many other people love it so mm-hmm. much I agree um, and Tammy, the cannabis cutie, uh, she is really one of the people who are trying to, you know, get rid of all the taboos and you know, dispel the myths about it, that it's this terrible drug and it's this gateway drug. And, um, and you know, she and a whole lot of other people are, um, are really making a lot of progress to change the narrative around weed. I mean, so much that we learned about it just from this interview was incredible because it's so far the contrary from, you know, the stigma that it has attached to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of the benefits and all of the, it it was really incredible. And by the way, it was interesting to hear her perspective on a lot of things because number one, you you and I don't smoke weed. We want to, but we haven't. So it's so great to learn about all of this stuff. But there's certain things that we have different opinions on, like she doesn't drink alcohol, which is fine and great you know but we we enjoy cocktails right definitely it's why it's so interesting to have these conversations absolutely she talks about 
Tylenol and not wanting to give her kids Tylenol. I always gave my kids Tylenol, still do. I, you know, so, so these conversations are interesting to just learn different ways that people do things. And, but it's great. It's great to have these conversations. And I really liked her and she taught me a lot. So I think everyone's really going to enjoy this episode and, um, you know, get, all of this new information and you can go and visit Tammy at thecannabiscutie.com um, and see all about her courses and everything and on Instagram. All right, everybody. Enjoy. Hey, Tammy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How are you doing, Tammy? I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here today. Oh, thank you. We're so happy to have you, especially um, one thing we've talked about on the podcast before is we are both for no other reason, just like, because we don't know much about it, we are not very familiar with cannabis and, you know, like the industry and everything. Um, I know a ton of our listeners, a ton of our friends, our family, so many people that we know are so knowledgeable about it and everything. And we're both very interested in it. Um, especially as like, for me, a sufferer of anxiety and, you know, this like, all the great things that I hear about it and all the ways it can kind of be life-changing. So this is sort of going to be like a cannabis, like your course, the Cannabis 101 for us. Also, um, as people who, you know, are very open to it and very open-minded and everything, just sort of like living in the suburb where we live and everything, we're just not, we're just not like that attuned to it. Do you find that a lot that there are like people, I mean, who, who are at the point now where they want to learn? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like to refer to these people as the can of curious. Um, I think, you know, 25 years ago, this was probably one of the most demonized things on the planet. And now, um, medical efficacy has been proven. So, um, people who really do mean well and really believed what the government told them about this plant are just kind of now understanding like, Hey, actually this is something that's beneficial to me. So they're kind of yearning for the proper information, but it's so conflicting. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit though about you and your history with it and everything, because, um, you didn't start out wanting to get involved in cannabis, right? Gosh, you know, for me, so how I got into this industry and started with cannabis was I was pretty much a good kid. I never drank. I never smoked. Um, College scholarship, you know, community leader, academics, sports, um, really good GPA. And then I get to college my freshman year at Oklahoma State University and I get a 0.8 GPA. And it made sense to no one. Um, And there's just, you know, a lot to be said about being a student from an at-risk neighborhood and going to a division one university. And there's just not really anything there to kind of support that. Um, But then it was also the stress and anxiety of being in an, in an environment that I didn't understand. And I didn't know anyone who could understand or relate to me. People from my neighborhoods don't do this. Um, So for me, um, the kid on my floor, um, that was the pothead made it to the honor roll. So the D.A.R.E. program said it was supposed to be opposite. And because it was not opposite, that is what kind of uh, motivated me to finally want to try this plant. And it changed my life forever. And ever since then, I have not been able to shut up about it. (laughs) So how many years ago is this? Uh, This was in 2008. Okay. Yeah. So gosh, 
Oh, I'm not good at quick math. What is that? 13 years? 14 years? Bad. What's that? 2008 to now is how many years? That would be 13, 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So it's been a while. <laughs> and then you yes. wound up at University of Miami, right? Um, yeah, for grad school. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense to me. Back in high school or even after high school, I was, I smoked a lot of pot back then and has, I haven't since, but everybody that I was friends with did and today still do. They're all smart guys. Like they're all, you know, they're not, it's not like the typical, what you think of or what you're told to think of when you think of a pothead, you know, they're all, you know, successful in their own way, really intelligent people. So I totally understand what you're saying. What was yeah, I mean, I was just going to okay. say, what was your family and friends reaction when you started to get like really involved in it? And, and were you open from the beginning or was it something that you hid, you know, so many people hide it? Oh yeah. I was in the closet up until I believe 2018. So for about a decade, I said nothing to no one. So for me, when I went to grad school at the university of Miami, I pretty much made every project that I could about cannabis. Um, And then when I exited, I was like, all right, I'm going to be in the cannabis industry, but I don't know how. So I just decided I was going to start educating about uh, educating about it. And I think that was the first time many of my friends and family learned about my cannabis use. Um, I was a mom and a married woman, and I had to be mindful of their experiences. Um, I couldn't have people at my husband's job questioning, (laughs) why is she always high? Why does she smell like that? Why does she post about it all the time? And just as a mother, I wasn't comfortable. Um, So my family, when they first found out back in 2008, um, definitely tried to stage an intervention. Fast forward to 2021, and they are asking me for advice, and they're proud of me. So it definitely took a while for my family to come around. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. (laughs) So when you got into it, what, what were the things that surprised you about it as opposed to like what we all grew up to hear? Like you said, how it was demonized in the D.A.R.E. program and, you know, don't do drugs and all of that. Mm-hmm. What, what, was, what were the biggest surprises to you when you first started using it? Oh, the biggest surprise. And I think the one that kind of fueled the passion was finding out that we have a set of locks in our body, like theoretical locks. And there's only a certain key that's going to be able to fit in this lock. And this lock is actually a receptor. And the key would be a cannabinoid. Once this key goes into that lock, it relieves you of whatever it is that you could be dealing with, whether it's insomnia, um, appetite issues, irritability, um, mood, anxiety, depression. When I found out that we have a system in our body dedicated to receiving this plant, it was game over for me. It was like, wow, I can finally um, use quantifiable and actual information to explain what I already knew. So knowing that we were biologically engineered to receive this plant was just kind of like the biggest mind-blowing fact that I thought, I I feel I learned at the time. Mm -hmm. So when you started using it, was, was it the type of thing where like you just started researching about it? Um, no, it was kind of an intuitive thing. I mean, I came from an area where nothing good really happened. So I had a very negative view of the world. I had a very pessimistic view. I mean, my junior year in high school, 11 students either died or were killed before our first nine weeks of school. Um, So I just didn't have a very positive outlook on life and then finding this plant and it's helping me with my anxiety and with my depression and with how I interact with the world. I'm all of a sudden more open to people 
who come from different backgrounds because there's kind of like this block that's removed when I'm high or in, um, inebriated. Uh, so that was kind of for me, I was able to open my mind creatively, uh, lovingly and see the world finally versus kind of like my first 18 years, which was just pain, depression, your kind of your neighborhoods are minimum security prisons. You don't get to walk around freely around your neighborhood. Police are constantly patrolling and waiting for you to fuck up. Even if you don't, they're going to, you know, try to catch you or put something on you. So many of my friends. So it just, I, I didn't enjoy, um, what I had to see on a day to day. So when cannabis was kind of helping me uh, see the greater possibilities and actually fuel me with hope, that's when I was kind of understanding like there's a spiritual component to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about it sounds so amazing. And anybody who's thinking about getting into it or trying it, and even me, like I said, I used to smoke and I haven't in such a long time. And my, actually my last experience was pretty bad because I want you to clarify this if you can, if you know. It was a few years ago and I had already been drinking and then I smoked. Mm. And three minutes later, I am sweating. I, I couldn't stand up. I had to go up to bed. I, you know, I was awful, just awful. So are you not supposed to, is there a, like you don't drink first <laughs> or smoke first and then drink? Is there some kind of- you know. to <laughs> As an educator, I, the term for that is called crossfading. And I am not a, fa- a fan personally of crossfading because I get on a merry-go-round and everything spins. Um, I right. just don't think that, that that's what they're meant for. You're talking about one that's a drug and it's damaging to the liver, to the brain, to the body, to the mental health. Um, it's, it dehydrates you. It's just terrible. And then you're talking about an anti-inflammatory, a plant that's here to kind of help put your body back into balance. Homeostasis is what cannabis promotes. Um, So I just don't think that they're intended. I'm a very weird person and I absolutely believe that plants have a spirit just like animals and humans. And I believe that the essence and the spirit of cannabis does not want anything to do with that. Makes sense. So what's the right way? So how do you get started? How do you get started? You always, always, always want to set your intention. If you are going to consume cannabis, you need to respect the entity or the spirit that is cannabis. Minimum amount that you need. As soon as you are high, you are good to stop. Um, You don't want to overdose yourself. Now, an overdose with weed is not going to be like alcohol. An alcohol overdose could kill you or at the very worst, have you sick. Um, A weed overdose is going to put you to sleep and have you feeling lethargic. And if that's not the goal, you don't want to do that to yourself. You've got to set your intention. So I'm going to use this cannabis because I'm in a social setting and I just want my spirit to be lifted. That is a very important thing. Um, And then also dealing with whatever fear that you have, whether it's going to jail, the judgment, or the fear of I'm not going to be able to keep my mask on. (laughs) and and be this person that I I give to the front facing world, this mask is going to come off and it's going to force you to be vulnerable. So when people deal with paranoia, a lot of that is fear um, that was already placed. Cannabis is going to magnify whatever it is that's going on in your life. Some people assume that that's a negative thing. Um, For example, if you have an issue with being lazy and not getting stuff done, cannabis is going to really show you that that's something you have to work on. Um, So that's the one beauty that I love about it. It is going to identify whatever it is that's going on in your life. So if you're focused on, you know what, I'm I'm using this to create because I have to write, get high, write high, edit sober. Uh, Just set your intention is the best advice that I could give. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, I had I had a similar experience to Adam. I mean, I haven't really done, you know, I, I think I was high once in high school. And then, and I, I, I it was a great experience at the best night. It was so much fun. And you know, this is high school. So I, I don't know where the weed was coming from or, you know, you just don't know. But, um, and then there was one night, I've been on SSRIs for so long because um, I suffer from anxiety and OCD. And there was one night when I tried uh, pot again. And um, like you said about paranoia, my parent, I was like, oh my God, is this going to mix with my SSRIs? And then I'm going to end up in the hospital and there's going to be a bad reaction. And my paranoia just took over. And I actually wound up calling my dad and being like, dad, I'm really high. Like, am I going to, you know, (laughs) and he was actually pretty cool about it. But at the same time, that really turned me off to doing it again. I mean, all through, Mm -hmm. I went to college in New York city and I never smoked pot. We've been to Amsterdam twice. I was just going to say that. I've never (laughs) smoked pot. And like I said, I have no judgment at all for anybody else. Mm -hmm. And to the contrary, I want to, to, to try it again and, you know, get all the benefits that everybody talks about now. Um, But I guess I still have that fear in me. So number one, if you, is there any, like, if you're on SSRIs, is there any correlation or anything? Um, and number two, you know, for people who have had a bad experience before and are afraid to try it again, what do you say? Okay. Yeah. So the first to address like the medication thing. So CBD is going to interact um, with an enzyme that is responsible for breaking down a lot of pharmaceutical drugs. So when it comes to CBD, if you have any medications that say, do not consume this medication with grape juice, you also need to apply that same logic to your CBD, same enzyme. Um, and that's kind of like a big one. As far as SSRIs go, <laughs> you can have two patients that present very similar things. One may be very low on a chemical in their body and another one may, may be very high but they're going to give you the same medicine. And one of you is going to have a really bad reaction. The other one may have something positive. The beauty about CBD is that it's going to go in and it's going to act on those same chemicals, but because it's a plant, it knows that how to regulate itself. If it sees that there's too much stuff going on, it's going to start to shut stuff down. If it sees that there's not enough stuff happening, it's going to start making stuff happen. So CBD is a much more effective avenue for SSRIs like antidepressants than those are because you're literally just throwing a dart at a wall and hoping that you hit uh, when it comes with some of those medications. So um, CBD has been known to reduce suicidal thoughts even in a natural way. Um, And for women who are going through their baby blues because they just had a huge drop in hormones, that CBD is going to also help regulate the mood and other things that SSRIs are responsible for. So that's kind of that portion. And then for people who had a bad reaction, One, you got to kind of understand that it could have been bad advice or you weren't with somebody that could properly help you understand what was going on. Uh, My next advice, my advice would be to when you go back into it, make sure you get as much information as possible. Um, Smell what you have. If you do not like the smell, there's a good chance you may not like it in your body. 
Um, for me, I hate cannabis that smells like oranges because I get really, really weird. I feel funny. It's just not compatible with my body. You have to think of it as nature. Some of us are allergic to nuts, except everything has nuts now because it's a milk alternative. So it's not good for everyone. Same thing with cannabis. It's not for everyone. Um, and just kind of be very small in your dosing, even with edibles. If you eat two milligrams and you feel nothing, that is fine. It's better than eating 10 milligrams and wanting to go to the hospital. If you get into a situation where you feel really bad, do not go to the hospital because you're going to pay for a nap. All they're going to do is put you to sleep. <laughs> they're going to give you an ID for hydration and they're going to tell you to take a nap and maybe give you some anti-anxiety medicine. Um, if you get yourself in that position, try to stay home. If you can eat some black pepper, take a shower, um, have somebody help you, let you know that you're okay. You're going to feel like you're going to die, but I promise you, you will not. Right. Nobody overdoses yeah. from marijuana, right? Like there's no, no, there's no overdoses from weed. There's no overdoses from kale, tomatoes, grapes. Like it is a plant. And just to clarify, when you say CBD, you're not talking about like CBD that you see, you know, that people can see like the, the oils and stuff. You're talking about the plant, like the actual, the oh. whole thing with. Yes. So CBD is CBD is a molecule. That's it. Um, so the hemp plant and the cannabis plant, for whatever reason, it has been explained like they're two separate things. They are one. It is a plant and they make certain molecules. The only difference is a hemp plant is not allowed to produce THC. So if it's 0.4 THC, they're going to call it a sativa plant, a high CBD, low THC sativa plant, and it's going to be marketed as a THC product. So it's the same thing. It's just a legal term and the legal parameters are we want 0.3% uh, THC or less. And in a cannabis plant, the more THC there is, the less CBD and vice versa. The more um, CBD there is, the less THC it is. So CBD is CBD and it comes from the cannabis plant. Hmm. Can you explain, you just mentioned um, the, what was it? The uh, sativa? Mm -hmm. you said? There's, a, yes. there's sativa and what, indica? Is that right? Yes. Okay, yes. so can you explain the difference in those two? Yes, so a sativa plant, um, is a plant that grows really, really tall, um, and it's typically used for its fibers. So ropes, sails, clothing, um, it's really, really fibrous. And then you have indica, which is kind of the medicine variety. That's a plant that's going to be producing higher amounts of psychoactivity, um, more THC, um, and that's the difference. It's how they grow and what they look like. Sativa means cultivate in Latin, and indica means uh, India in Latin. Again, for some reason, people believe sativa gives you energy <laughs> and it right. puts you to sleep. That is not true at all. Um, whenever we classify plants, it's based on their physical characteristics. Um, none of the botanists when they were classifying or taxonomists when they were classifying this plant, none of them rolled it and smoked it and said, this one puts you in the couch <laughs> and this one gives you energy. It's kind of just what the marketing ended up being. It was underground. There was no way no other way to kind of market it. So that's just kind of what's stuck, but it is in fact a myth. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You, you were talking about you're a mom and, um, and you were talking a little bit before about, you know, with your kids, when you uh, first started, um, how old are your kids? Um, 10 and six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so we have, so I asked people for questions for you um, and our community, um, you know, I know it, that, a lot of the moms feel very much like ashamed 
um, yes. of, of using, you know, of using cannabis and that it's a problem because number one, they, they have to hide it. Number two, you know, there's all the shame surrounding it. Three, a lot of places it's still illegal. Um, so can you talk to the moms who are feeling that? Because I feel like, um, you know, I, I feel horrible that they feel that way. Um, and it, it kind of has to stop. Yeah. I mean, I feel ashamed whenever my kids see me drinking a glass of wine or anything, which is why I quit. That's a drug. That is 100% a drug. We have kind of classified a hangover as like this cute little button up package drug withdrawal, but it's a drug withdrawal. Um, with cannabis though, during COVID, we did gardening like a lot of people did. Um, so we were growing all kinds of herbs and flowers and stuff from our trees. And I also grew cannabis. And at the end of it, I just asked my kids, what did I do different with this plant that I did with the other plants? And absolutely nothing. It was sunlight and it was water and it grew into medicine. And that was it. So when teaching my kids, I just broke it down and let them see. And then it was like, okay, when you go to school, they're going to teach you that it's evil. But actually it helps people with cancer and it helps stop seizures and it helps mommy with her stress. Um, and it's really good for grandma when she has swollen pain and grandpa, when his hands are swollen, it takes it away in 15 minutes. So, um, and it's helped with their eczema. So they've got to witness it and see it in real time that there's nothing that I need to be ashamed of and in showing them, but the shame comes with the drinking. That's the actual detrimental thing that I'm doing to my body and trying to normalize that over consuming a plant is just kind of like, where, how did we get so far down this like brainwashing hole that we can't even stop and realize what exactly what it is that we're doing. So I do not, I would prefer if my kids never uh, drink alcohol, but seeing the stats with today's kids and the suicide rates and the anxiety and the depression and the pressure that they're under, I would rather have my kids consume cannabis products before I ever put them on speed or Adderall. They call it Adderall. Uh -huh. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how I handle that with my kids very openly. And what do you say to people out there who shame moms and who shame, you know, that people for, for using cannabis? I mean, whenever a mom says like, you give your kids CBD, it's like you give your kids meth, right? right. It's that. And then it's just kind of like, oh, shoot. Yeah, it's again, it's the, the language that they convince is that we're not doing anything wrong. And then you have kids who are in their 20s now who have lifelong issues because of the pharmaceuticals that they were on as kids. And then my kids have an endocannabinoid system, just like your kids. And all I'm doing is feeding that system in the body, the proper nutrients, which is cannabis. Mm -hmm. And you, and you don't have to get high to get healthy. That's one thing that people have to understand. You can consume THCA, which is the acidic version of THC. It's not going to get you high, but it's going to heal your body. You can consume CBD and it heal your body. The high is just a choice. You don't need it. Um, for somebody who's dealing with like severe nausea, maybe you need that high. Um, but my kids have to know the truth because they're going to help, you know, with this mission too. My daughter believes that hemp can save the world, that we can fix, you know, uh, the gas prices. She, she's so informed just as a 10 year old going into fifth grade. So yeah, I try to just keep it in the family and, you know, have, have help their perspectives before kind of the outside world gets a hold of them. So instead of parents just saying to their kids, you know, marijuana or pot is bad or cannabis is bad what's, what's the right approach, especially, you know, to a family that is not that involved in cannabis and doesn't, maybe doesn't smoke it or, or maybe they do, or, you know, what would your, 
What would you say to them? I mean, I would say educate yourself. You know, at one point, kale was but a garnish until we learned it was a superfood. You know, tomatoes were considered to be deadly. If somebody threw tomatoes at you, it was a death wish until somebody finally said, hey, not all tomatoes are like nightshades. They're actually really beneficial. So that's just what it comes down to. As mothers, we have to be discerning on what it is that we put in front of our children and what they consume. I am no longer okay with giving my kids Tylenol. If Tylenol was developed today in 2021, it would not be able to be developed because of how lethal it is. So that's kind of just where I'm at with it all, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Educate yourself. And that's why I'm a huge educator uh, to help people kind of unlearn what we were taught to kind of uphold systems. Well, Danielle, you, I think twice almost slipped up and said marijuana. And I I heard you're not supposed to use that term. Yeah, I don't like the M word. It's so bad. So um, whenever the powers that be needed cannabis illegal um, for their paper industries, they had just developed nylon. So, so many like artificial products that they created were able to replace hemp as a whole. Um, So the strategy was like, all right, we've got to demonize it. So Uh, Mexicans from south of the border, when they were running from um, the Mexican Revolution, they were coming in as refugees, and with them, they were smoking cannabis. Um, And so one way that they decided to demonize it was through xenophobia of Mexicans, um, and they started calling it this marijuana that they were smoking that was causing them to become violent and kill people. Um, And that's kind of the word that took over for cannabis. It's scientific word is cannabis. Um, The marijuana word again is to kind of instill fear into um, Americans who really genuinely just kind of ate it up. Um, And the man that really pushed this rhetoric had beef with Mexico because they seized some of his land. So it was a personal thing. Um, But that word has negative connotations. The way that it entered our lexicon was not um, in any kind of loving or respectful manner. It's scientific word is cannabis. It was always cannabis up until about 80 years ago. Wow. It has so much history that we know nothing about because the Mm -hmm. only thing we ever hear growing up is that, you know, weed is bad and, you know, don't do it and stay away from it. And that it's, it's a gateway drug to other drugs. Well, also for us growing up in the eighties, you know, it was, you know, that's when they really put the war on drugs and and instilled in our minds how, and, and not only that, but they put um, cannabis in the same classification as hardcore drugs. Yes. And that's what yes. started this whole fear, I guess. I don't know. Do you know anything? Yeah. Do you know much about that? I'm just curious. Yeah, how, so, how did that happen? That, so that happened because, um, whenever they were writing out legislation, um, they created drug scheduling and cannabis was never on, there was no schedule one or anything like that. But with these pharmaceutical drug makers were concerned about, they're like, okay, well, if cannabis is classified under the same level as volume and all all these other drugs, how is the public going to be able to differentiate how it's bad compared to our drugs? So that's where they created a separate class called schedule one. And that's where mushrooms are. That's where cannabis is. And that was just basically to create a firewall to protect their lethal, deadly, addictive opioids. Wow. And their profit (laughs) margins. How much power, you know, I know it is so Mm -hmm. crazy. Yes. Um, Okay, I want to talk, first of all, Adam asked a little bit about it before that it as let's say for us that we wanted to start, you know, to, to get into it for our anxiety or for, for social situations. I mean, I know a lot of people going back out into the world right now are having, even if you are already a socially anxious person, 
right now people are like crazy anxious socially. Um, And as moms, as you said, I mean, I had postpartum depression and there's, you know, everybody's got something. Um, What, how would you tell us to go about like, you know, finding the right person or the right kind, or just, we know nothing. Right. But being in New Jersey also, we're starting to get there here. Um, so there's no shops yet, but I know in a lot of the country right now there is, and it's becoming more and more. So is that the right way to get started? I mean, if we don't have like a to store, walk into a distillery, yeah, dispensary. <laughs> dispensary. <laughs> I did that the other day. Dispensary. Yeah. So like, what, how do you, you know, go about it? You know, this is where you have to learn how to play doctor with yourself. Um, the best thing that I could recommend is to journal. So if you don't know what it is that you're getting, flour, for example, smell it. If you smell hints of lemon, write down that what you smell, how much you consumed, how you consumed it, how you felt prior to consumption, how you felt during and after. These are all really useful clues that over time you'll be able to kind of look at your data and say, okay, it seems that I like stuff that smells really earthy or stuff that reels, um, that's really sweet. And maybe sometimes when I consume things that are citrusy, I get really, really anxious. Uh, Maybe when I consume stuff that's sweet, I get really creative. So then you get to learn um, how to medicate yourself is essentially what's happening. Um, And it just becomes trial and error. Unfortunately, doctors don't have enough information and they're not even allowed to participate. So your medical doctor is now your blood tender. Um, But uh, they're limited as well in scope. So that's the best recommendation I can give you. And I would also say get well-rounded with cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CBN, THC. They're all really wonderful and they work really well together. Um, part of the reason why some people say CBD doesn't work for them is because you're taking a plant that has over 400 chemicals and you're pulling one out and you're trying to make it stand alone. And the tuba just cannot give you the performance that you want to hear when you go to the symphony hall. You want the full effect. So you've got to put as much of it together and keep it as much together as you can so that it can have its supporting cast members to go in and get the job done. Talk to me about um, smoking versus, you know, uh, versus edibles and all the different ways. And is there one that you recommend more than others? Yeah, consumption methods are all personal preference. So I have asthma. um, And although this is going to sound very funny, my best method of consumption is smoking because cannabis is a bronchodilator. Um, And I like to smoke hemp blunts and I keep everything 100% cannabis while I consume. Um, And I like that because I'm a mom. I would like for it to kick in in 15 minutes if possible. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to be too sleepy. With edibles, what's going to happen when you digest it is it has to pass through your liver. And this Delta 9 THC is now going to turn into 11 hydroxy THC, which is way more psychoactive. And it's going to last anywhere from four to six hours, two to four hours. Um, So that's kind of the risk there. Uh, but you could do edibles in the form of like gummies, brownies, chips, almonds, or you could do a tincture. You can swallow that, let that go through your liver, or you can put it under your tongue and it bypasses the liver completely. It's the sublingual method. So under the tongue, up here in the gums, in between the cheek and the gum, that's another area where you could place a strip or something like that. So, and then you have topicals that are not going to get you high, a CBD bath bomb or a THC bath bomb will not get you high, but it will 
um, promote relaxation within the body. Um, and then you have transdermal. That's a patch that you put oh, right over where your veins are, um, anywhere on your body, and you're going to feel the effects because it's, again, it's um, passing straight to the bloodstream. And that's also a really effective method that I like for older people. I um, mean, you even have suppositories for women. Our receptors in the body for the endocannabinoid system are abundantly on our uterus. For men, it's the brain. Our second place is the brain. But you think about these two organs that doctors cannot figure out. They cannot figure out mental health issues and, and just aspects of the brain. Same thing with the uterus. They're just taking it out when they can't figure out what else to do. Um, so addressing those receptor sites with um, uh, suppositories is a great way. And then I hear cannabis tampons, which are not sold in the U.S. yet knock out endometrius, endometriosis pain in 15 minutes. Oh um, so God. those are just a, yeah, those are just a few consumption methods. Yeah. It's crazy how much doctors don't know about the system and how, you know, when you, we zoom out and we see it, it's like, oh my gosh, there's this entire system that is in charge of keeping the entire thing going. And we were so in up close that we couldn't see it like diatoms for the plant for planet earth until we got to space. We didn't understand. We didn't ever saw the diatoms. And now we understand that they're a big part of our life cycle and we could not exist without these little molecular structures. And I'm referencing, um, one strange rock on Nat Geo, um, narrated by Will Smith. Um, but it, it's like, same thing with the endocannabinoid system. It's this network that controls the central nervous system, the cardiovascular system, the endocrine system, like every system in the body is controlled by this. The Marriage and Martinis podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Adam and I are always so honest when people ask us, what is one thing that we've done that has absolutely changed the course of our relationship and made us grow so much and evolve as human beings? And I always say therapy. I'm telling you, it has been life-changing. And I've been doing virtual therapy for around the last six months, and I absolutely love it. I don't think I'll ever go back to in-person therapy. I just feel like there's no reason to. And better help is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. One of the hardest things for me was finding the right therapist, someone who was compatible with my personality, somebody who I really felt like I could talk to. And BetterHelp is so good at matching people with the right therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want to if you feel like that one just isn't working for you. You can communicate in four different ways with your therapist. You can exchange messages, chat live, speak on the phone, or video conference anytime you need to. You deserve to be happy. You can sign up as an individual, you can go for couples counseling with BetterHelp, or you can find someone for your teen. And I have a teenager, and I know that this pandemic has been really, really hard, and BetterHelp is awesome in getting them through such a tough time. If you head to betterhelp.com slash martinis, you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash martinis for 10% off your first month. Betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash martinis. Want to know one of the coolest brands we've found that Adam absolutely loves? Ridge Wallet combines durability and practicality 
with style and amazing design. Their products are minimalist, but they're anything but limiting. Their famous wallets have a sleek card holder that expands to hold up to 12 IDs and credit cards with a money strap or clip so everything gets stored in one compact, organized place. The Ridge was built with the focus on design and functionality. It's a reimagination of what the modern wallet can be. Not to mention their products are so sleek and gorgeous. Every product Ridge Wallet crafts is a gorgeous tool for better living. Check out Adam's other favorites like the weatherproof weekender bag, leather phone cases, and the commuter backpack. If you're traveling this summer or you have a teenager who's traveling and you're concerned about them keeping important things like money, credit cards, and IDs safe and organized while they're away, you definitely want to check out The Ridge. And now Ridge Wallet is giving Marriage and Martinis listeners 10% off your purchase when you use the promo code MARRIAGE. Head to ridge.com, R-I-D-G-E dot com to get 10% off some of the coolest gear for all of life's adventures and for a simpler everyday lifestyle. You're a science guy. That does that does that all make I mean this whole thing just sounds like it's a complete miracle. Like <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right. It's the biggest, I mean, it's, it's the amazing. biggest scientific, yeah, it's the biggest scientific discovery of our lifetime. We've only known about it for about 30 years. So it's medicine. You can make uh, clothes out of it. You can make paper out of it. You can, you can make fuel out of it. If we grew enough hemp in the United States, 16% of the land dedicated to hemp growing, we can create biofuel that we can burn. And of course it's going to put emissions into the air, but the process of growing it kind of, it's a cycle, whatever waste it creates, it kind of eats it up too. And like, it's, it cleans the soil, it, it cleans the air. It's cyclical versus like fossil fuels, which is just burning and not giving us any benefit to the atmosphere or land. So is like every industry on the planet against this thing. And that's why it's kind of just not out in the open yet. I know slowly it, it is becoming, but yeah, I, I mean, that, <laughs> that's the conspiracy. It's like the, the smoking of the cannabis was kind of the smoke screen uh, to kind right. of abolish everything. Because if you use hemp to create all these products, now you no longer have plastics. You no longer have petrochemicals. You know, this is a plant that does not need pesticides. Um, it's going to clean your soul and be a natural bioregulator. So you could do hemp and then bring in another crop of whatever after that one's done. Um, so essentially it would just take out a majority of what Americans have been able to get wealthy off of the last 80 years. And they cannot have that. You would replace big alcohol, big pharma, paper, tobacco. I mean, it's a, it's a threat. Can you name one bad thing about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Um, yeah, there are people who abuse substances. Uh, there are people who have heart problems that should not should not be using it. Um, there are, you know, people who don't understand that you have to be mindful with consumption. Uh, so that, there's a can, there's a whole class of people that I do not. If you are somebody that uses cannabis and it's not making your life better, you should not be using it. Um, if you are someone who is not responsible, maybe you shouldn't be using it. If you have issues with addiction, you should not be using it. Um, there's definitely negative sides to cannabis. I would say the most dangerous side effect is getting caught with it and going to jail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, at least slowly that's starting to change. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I wanted to get into the business part of it. First of all, I want I want to talk about um, everything that you're doing with uh, your Cannabis 101. And I want you to tell everybody about that because I really think it's awesome. Um, but also as far as like, you know, uh, women and Black women and how it's helping, um, you know, to create business opportunities. Um, at, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I do think that is such an important aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, so... In- in America, um, the entrepreneurship trend is that black women make up majority of new entrepreneurs. I believe it's like at 56% or something like that, um, which just goes to speak, you know, black women, sometimes our ideas and suggestions are not heard in these, in these rooms, um, of corporations. So they kind of go off and do their own thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So it would make sense that they're like, you know what, I'm going to go off and do this on my own. And in the ancillary side of the cannabis space, which is just non-plant touching businesses. So marketing, social media, copywriting, um, those businesses are coming from black women. So I have a cannabis course because I've taken many and I feel like that they're not really getting to the point. I took one that was teaching me biology and I was all of a sudden back in high school and I did not care. It was like, this doesn't benefit me. And then there were some courses that the information just was not easy to understand for a layman. Someone like myself who has a master's in science, I can kind of figure it out. But that's where I figured out there's a need. I saw a problem and I created a solution. Uh, So my Cannabis 101 course is a very easy to understand course about the biological science, the plant science, the history, the law, um, and it's just quick and to the point. It's enough bread bread crumbs to make you dangerous and to kind of go down that rabbit hole if you want to learn more about the history or if you want to learn more about uh, plant gender. I've given you enough uh, to be dangerous and I'm also looking into creating a business course to kind of help people understand how to goal set. There's a lot of people who are like, I just want to be the best, you know, cannabis brand there is, but they don't understand their mission or their vision. So just basic like business 101 acumen for people coming in. But that's why I became an entrepreneur. And now um, next week, I'm actually going to be filming my show with Snoop Dogg um, and really getting the messaging out there. Um, And he also sees the problem and there's not enough black women in high powerful positions and you guys are brilliant. Like what is going on? So um, with cannabis, that's kind of the position that he's putting me in and I just got to really execute now and, and get it. (laughs) I know that's so awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I know I love it. Thank you. I really do. Um, And the, the cannabis 101, does that like talk, will people get a better understanding of how to go about like, you know, finding the right cannabis for you and everything or? No. So that again, I, I wish I could help people and they're like, Hey, I need a strain for this, or I'm going through this. The best that I can give you, um, for example, if an MS patient comes to me, I would say for spasticity, look into microdosing edibles um, so that you have constant relief for four hours at a time. Um, but I cannot ever give recommendations on like strains and like products because every single one of us has a different endocannabinoid system mm-hmm. and what works for her or for him may not work for you. And I think that's one of the big issues with marketing in the industry and why women are coming up with solutions um, and creating algorithms to kind of help you figure it out based on, you know, aggregated data. Um, so again, it's, all trial and error at this point. One of the reasons why pharma is not interested in cannabis is because there is no consistency with reaction. Um, When we were using cannabis as a truth serum for our government, having a giggling, um, 
a giggling uh, prisoner who's just kind of like laughing and being dopey. And then you have one that's like paranoid and crying. It was just so inconsistent, even as like a drug to torture. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. That's so funny. But yeah. I get, but the, the cannabis 101 will at least make you confident enough to feel like you can start doing that research, which yeah. is, which is awesome. Um, yes. We, I have a bunch of questions from, uh, from listeners that I want to make sure, um, that, you know, I, I ask, um, first of all, a lot of questions about, can you get addicted or keep needing larger amounts if you microdose to sleep? Um, so you can, what happens is your tolerance continually, gradually can get um, heavier. Some person may be able to smoke a joint and feel fine, but then over time, it's not enough. I always, always recommend tolerance breaks. All you need is 72 hours of abstaining to kind of give your receptors a break at the minimum, 72 hours. If you could do that like every six weeks, it is so much better. But yes, your tolerance can build up. Um, and then for addiction, there's a difference between physical addiction and psychological addiction. So physical addiction is going to be what happens with heroin, um, alcohol, uh, the cocaine. You're now dependent and you need doses or you're going to get sick if you're um, a heavy user with alcohol, especially. Um, psychological dependence is I can't function if I don't have it. That's what happens with coffee addicts. It's very similar to cannabis addicts. So um, a withdrawal from cannabis is going to be less severe than it is with coffee. Um, so the kind of the idea that there's rehab for cannabis, I'm like, there's no rehab for coffee. And that's a much worse experience. <laughs> um, it kind of does not make sense. But psychological dependence is absolutely a thing. If you are somebody who cannot function or you don't feel good on cannabis, you need to really evaluate that. But that's also that goes for fast food, that goes for chocolate, that goes for bad relationships. Um, <laughs> it could be anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, um, what do you do? What do you recommend doing if your kid catches you smoking weed? How do you handle it? Um, I have been there. <laughs> um, and is it, it was funny because I had... try to hide it from your kids at this point? Or are you, uh, no, able... not anymore. I do know moms who don't hide it and you know, yeah. and some do No, not anymore. Especially there was a time my kids came outside and I hid the joint, but not the glass of wine. And I was like, what am I doing? That was kind of like that wake up call, but no, I mean, I just let my kids know that I'm medicating and but, you know, they understand what cannabis is. And I'm never in a space where I'm like too like crazy to function. If you're consuming and you can't take care of your kids, that is something that needs to be evaluated as well. So it's usually kind of like something that I do to kind of decompress. It's like kind of coming home and drinking a beer. Kids are like, it's so normal for Gab to do that. Um, and mommy is allowed to have a joint too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um the link between, I know that you could probably do a whole episode on this, but the link between cannabis and fertility and pregnancy. Uh, I took an entire course on this created by a neuroscientist. Um, there's a huge link in fertility. Um, it is ruled and controlled by the endocannabinoid system. You have those receptors and that system is in the sperm. It's in the egg. The receptors are all over the uterus. Cannabinoids are made in the body. We have what's called endocannabinoids and they are naturally occurring in breast milk. They are very, very important when it comes to sex and fertility. Um, one of the misconceptions is that smoking cannabis can affect it in a negative impact, and that is not the case. A chronic user, um, their fertility isn't going to be as impacted as somebody who kind of like dabbles here and there because now you're kind of just 
up and down versus somebody who's like consistent. Um, and there is, um, there is data that shows like during implantation, um, you should be keeping, I believe your CBD levels or THC levels down. And then for like actual ovulation, um, I don't have the data in front of me, but it is an amazing course, um, created by Dr. Michelle Ross. And it is very much controlled by the endocannabinoid system, huge, huge link. So if your endocannabinoid system is out of whack and out of balance, it could be affecting your fertility in a negative way. So you, do you recommend people, I mean, if, if they want to, in order to, you know, to, if they're having problems with fertility, is that something to look into? Yeah, I would look into that before the expensive, like hormone therapy and shots and everything like that. I mean, it's a plant. It, it could absolutely change your life. Again, there's no doctors out there in the clinical sense that can help you walk you through that. But I would highly recommend Dr. Michelle Ross. She does her own clinical hours and she helps a lot of women walk through that when it comes to pregnancy and cannabis. Um, and as well as um, nursing in cannabis and preparing to become pregnant in cannabis. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Can cannabis improve your sex life? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> help you help you let your guard down in women. Um, so a fun, I interviewed um, a CFO of a sex and cannabis company. And what a lot of women do not know is that our erections are internal. Um, and Cannabis is going to help blood flow to all the right places. Um, and it, it does so in sex as well. Yeah. And that helps you let your guard down and be more open. As well. Are there certain ways like to take that it helps more with smoking or edibles or. Um, you know, I really like the suppositories and the oils. Those are a lot of fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you do if your partner doesn't like that you smoke? Uh, you find a new partner. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You're not but I do think that's a big problem in relationships. Like a lot of times, you know, you hear that one partner feels like they have to hide it from the other, or they just don't like it because again, a lot of, you know, disinformation and everything that's out there and what we've been raised to, you know, to, to sort of believe about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you should break up as long as they're not judging your decisions. Um, I was, when I was married, my ex-husband, he did not consume cannabis up until like three years before we divorced. He was not, he just wasn't interested. He wasn't a fan, but he also didn't make me feel too terrible about it. Um, and then when he started consuming, he finally understood. But as long as there's no judgment, I think it could work. I don't drink anymore. Um, so I don't necessarily want to be with somebody who loves to go out drinking every weekend. I'm just like, somebody doesn't want to be with me if they don't smoke and they know I'm a daily smoker. So I think it's just all about compatibility and respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, oh, are there times when it's unsafe to be high? Like, is it like, you know, can you drive on it or operate so, heavy machinery? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're somebody who does not regularly consume cannabis, you should not be doing any of those activities, but Somebody who smokes cannabis every day is what we would consider a functional high and they're not intoxicated. So somebody who is dealing with cancer or great amounts of pain may be inebriated all the time, but they're not intoxicated. Um, and Snoop Dogg, when he's high, I'm, he's functional. He can go drive. Willie Nelson can go drive. Seth Rogen can go drive. But if my neighbor hits my joint and tries to drive, it is probably just as bad as a drunk driver being on the road. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh uh, anything else you recommend people don't do when high? Oh gosh. Yeah. I just, 
if you get lazy and you're not doing anything, don't do anything high, like wait until you're done (laughs) with everything that you have to do. Um, gosh, you know, for me, I, I don't, I don't mind doing stuff like being high and doing stuff, but I also have to check myself because if I'm getting to a point where like, Oh, I want to go do this, but I want to get high first. That's a problem. So for me, I'm always constantly checking. What is the purpose of me doing this right now? Is it because it's right there? Because if it's right there, that's a really bad idea. But if I'm doing it because I want to have a good night's rest or I'm about to get a massage, then it's cool. So uh, doing it for the hell of it, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell everybody a little bit about where they can find you and um, your course and everything, because you really, I mean, it's unbelievable how much you know, and I could talk to you all day because I have so many <laughs> questions and I want to like come and hang out and like try all your stuff. Oh, and do you have your own brand? Like, are you doing your own brands? Uh, coming soon. <laughs> um, I just had a meeting yesterday where we discussed it. Um, so yeah, I have some really big things coming. I'm a huge OG fan. So we've got a, a cannabis cutie something coming soon. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at the cannabis cutie. The word that is so important. Um, I have a website, thecannabiscutie.com with tons of information and resources. You can also find me on Snoop Dogg TV coming very soon and all of his social channels, which I'm so excited about. Um, My Cannabis 101 course is on the website. And if you want to just interact with me regularly, I have a book club where I am training advocates across the nation. We are now on book seven. Um, We read about 40 to 50 pages a week. We come together, we discuss, um, and then we do it all again the next week. And of course, we consume together with intention. Is that virtual? That's virtual? Yeah, we do it via Zoom. Mm -hmm. And it's the, what are the books? Like, what are you reading? Oh man, this everything down to the social history from the women in business perspective, a spiritual history. Right now we're reading about the African history, which is never discussed and I don't know much about. Um, so an advocate perspective, we are very much trying to find as many good cannabis books as we can. Um, and just kind of keeping it going because it feels like a lot of the women say it feels like it's kind of like church, like they go to fill up on like the goodness of the, the word that is cannabis and, you know, how it heals and, and how it's been disrespected and treated so poorly when it really is that thing that has been sent to us to help us and it's been demonized all for money. Wow. Yeah. In the meantime, until your, um, you know, until your product comes out, is there anything that you recommend? Like, is there anything you absolutely love that people should look into like Adam and me? Yeah. (laughs) So in California, my favorite uh, cultivation and dispensary is the originals. They have some of the best OGs in California. And I say the world because California has the best weed. Um, But I am an OG person you blindfold me and put five strains, I'll find the OG. It just has a distinct smell. So, and they also have really great other like popular stuff too. Uh, But the originals in California has the best flower. Um, As far as edibles and things go, I don't dabble too much in there. They're all fun. I will say that they're all fun. (laughs) Well, when your brand comes out, you do have our address, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Can you ship weed? Uh, you know, technically you're not allowed to, but the USPS is um, the biggest drug dealer in the world, I believe, with how much trafficking that goes through their, uh-huh. <laughs> their uh, facilities. Yeah. Wow. You have so much exciting stuff happening. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to us. I hope everybody goes and checks out your course. I feel like that's also a really way, a good way to like, just, you know, 
become a little bit more of an advocate um, for people mm -hmm. who want to advocate and for people who are looking to change the narrative. Yeah, for sure. It starts with us. We have to do it on a local level level. So we have to hold our leaders accountable and and really get them to stop pushing this misinformation. Yeah, definitely. Thank you awesome. so much. Thanks, yeah, this was Thank great. You. We really appreciate it. <laughs>